listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 8th of September 2021. Later, we'll take a look at how Bitcoin traded as El Salvador becomes the first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender alongside the US currency there. But firstly, where will you travel to once borders reopen? Well, the government may be preparing rollout vaccination passports to help facilitate international travel, but a new survey has found Australians are more likely to travel domestically. NAB spoke with 2,000 people and found 55% plan to take a holiday over the next 12 months, and of those, more intend to travel interstate. That's 46%. 33% plan to travel in their own state and only 15% overseas, which I thought was pretty low. So to find out more, I spoke with NAB's Dean Pearson. Dean, to what extent are Aussies prepared to travel? We're ready to travel, and we're certainly ready to travel now. About one in two of us are saying we would like to have a holiday in the next 12 months. About eight in 10 are strongly indicating that they would like to travel here in Australia. What's stopping them? Well, the big barrier, of course, is border restrictions. With the largest number of Australians indicating that their strong intention is to travel interstate, clearly the motivation's there, the intention's there, but it's simply the the restrictions are in place stopping them at the moment. So what have you found about where they want to go and how they will travel? Yeah, there's a couple of, well, the usual suspects are there. Uh, Queensland is number one. One in three Australians are indicating that they would like to travel in Queensland. But I think what's interesting, though, is there's a diverse range of other destinations in there. Importantly for our CBDs, capital cities feature prominently. So that's encouraging coming forward. But across all the uh, different states, there's a whole range of destinations. There wasn't that particular focus outside of Queensland and the Gold Coast in particular of one primary destination. It looks like the opportunity will be spread very widely. So over the next 12 months, then, it's definitely the domestic market that stands to benefit. Yes, very strong intentions for a domestic holiday, interstate or within your own state. About 15% of the sample that we chose, which was a very large representative sample of the population, were indicating that they would travel overseas. One of the key stories we're seeing today is this of the vaccination passport, which the government's looking to introduce very, very soon. Given that, is it surprising that only 15% say they intend to travel overseas in the next 12 months? Because I I would assume Australians, they do love to travel overseas normally. Yes. Yeah, it was a surprise. We did anticipate that number would be higher. But I think there's another statistic in here that was really interesting in that one in four people were strongly motivated by a desire to support in the economic recovery of their chosen destination. So I suspect many people are looking back to fond times of destinations that they've gone to in the past. And just as we've seen this shift towards shopping local and supporting local economies, it looks like we're also trying to holiday local to reinforce the success of some of those tourism businesses that may have been um, buffeted by, by COVID in recent history. And COVID, how exactly has that impacted travel intentions, whether it be destinations or the amount of money consumers are willing to spend? 
It doesn't appear to have impacted money, which is interesting, because we did ask people, are you going to spend more or less? On average, you know, per holiday, they're saying about $4,000, which lines up broadly to what people said they would have spent before COVID. Where I think it is impacting is choices of destination and how people intend to travel. About one in four, the largest number, said that they're going to splash out a bit of money. They're going to experience a holiday four or five star. But the second strongest motivator here is to visit family and friends. So I think COVID is playing out in certain ways in regards to uh, to destination, but not so much in terms of how much people are going to spend. Dean Pearson there from NAB to the Australian share market now, which fell the S and P A six two hundred at seven thousand five hundred and twelve. That's down zero point two percent. For more, I spoke earlier with Julia Lee from Berman Invest. Julia, markets down today. Why? We saw a slow lead from the US stock market overnight as investors worried that growth had peaked. So we are seeing our market lower. Most sectors are in the red, the worst sectors being consumer discretionary together with the property sector. But there are also some bright spots on the Aussie share market today. We are seeing the industrial sector in the black, Cube shares up by almost 5% on the back of a deal to buy an agri-terminal in Newcastle and in the financial space, which is also in the black, Macquarie up by 5% on the back of its earnings forecast. BHP said today it contributed $34 billion to the Australian economy last financial year. That includes $12.4 billion in tax royalties and payments to the government. What's the importance of BHP to the economy? But given the lower iron ore prices that we're seeing, how will this play out for the company and for the government? The number one export for the Australian economy is iron ore and of course BHP Billiton is a massive iron ore miner. If we have a look at those payments that BHP has contributed to the Australian economy, there's about $11 billion in payments to suppliers. There's also about $5 billion in dividends and interest, $4.5 billion to its employees including contractors and then $100 million for social enterprise. Of course, a lot of that is based not only on production but also iron ore prices. And I guess that is where the concern is at the moment. We have seen iron ore prices lately taking a bit of a tumble on the back of some steel production curbs. Still a recovery this week in the iron ore price as we've seen the uh, latest China trade numbers, which has seen iron ore uh, exports up or imports by China up by 10.1% compared to the previous month. Okay, I don't know how you feel about Bitcoin, but the fact that El Salvador has now made the unregulated currency legal tender in that nation, you know, its its value crashed overnight still. Does that move by one government in the world raise Bitcoin's reputation at all? I guess it's uh, great news for Bitcoin watches that we are seeing a country adopting it as legal tender. However, it's all going to depend on how many of the population do adopt it um, into their wallets. So we'll be watching that very closely. When we have a look at legal tender, you want two things. One is adoption and also the other is uh, as a store of value. And with Bitcoin's price crashing as much as 17% overnight, there needs to be a bit more stability in its price, I think, until people are going to adopt it as legal tender. Julia Lee there from Berman Invest. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. 
You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.